Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 301. And away we go. Wait, so get a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dawn. I'm a more breaker. Drink a plan into war. About to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host, at Mugsy Party, and this is the first show on our road to episode 400. Joining me today, the voice himself, Mr. Cheyenne Ortiz. Brother, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Putty, and welcome, everyone. Shot of Wrestling Nation. I'm so glad to be back here with y'all, filled in the duties as we count the road to 400. It's a two-year journey, so what better way to start it with you, my friend? Thank you to the show. Welcome. How you been? I'm good. I'm always I'm always glad when you guys uh, hit me back. I'm always glad when you guys you know slide in my DMs and we talk the naughty things about wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. I had a I had a good first half of spring, a decent amount of shows. I got one tomorrow. I got a busy uh, busy June coming up, and and I'm looking forward to all the things. How about you? I'm a little under the weather right now. It sucks. It's, the, it's the, that time of year, my friend. Uh, last weekend, yeah, I went out. For Mr. AJ Pan's birthday, it was a two-night extravaganza. I just missed you. Went night two. Governor. So I go out, like, much-needed night out. I need to you know, blow some steam off. So I go out on Friday night, meet him in the city, have a great time. Like, three days later, I get sick. Like, scratchy throat, cough. I'm like, oh, no. So the one time I go out to, like, go out, right? I get COVID. Right. It's not COVID, thank God. I'm taking, like, three tests. I think it's just allergies. Okay. But I had a great time. I th- heard you there night two for Mr. P- Pan's birthday. I was there night two at Pink's Cantina, um, which, by the way, AJ Pan, the governor himself, does karaoke nights on Tuesdays yeah. at Pink's Cantina. And that's a great time in and of itself. Hold on, hold on, of course, Pink's Cantina on 1st oh, and 10th Street. One more for my man here. That's that's the hair of the dog right there. As everybody knows, me and AJ Pan, you know, we're, we're, we're thick and thin, clown shoes and stupid, as we're called on the road. Nice. Yeah, it was a great time. I had to be out there for my man. I'm sorry that I missed you. Me too. But I, I couldn't I couldn't make the Friday. I had to do the Saturday and show love for my man. But sooner than later, we're all going to be in the same room again and not screaming. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although, yeah. maybe so, screaming every now and then. Is I, mean, it I, know, cathartic? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Screaming out good things, go. yeah. But speaking of good things, it's been, I think, a very ebb and flow week of wrestling. It's been a good week, man. We had, uh, we're on the road to... Hell in a Cell, NXT's yeah. on the road to In Your House, AEW's on the road to Double or Nothing, we have Impact on the road yeah. to their 20th anniversary. so wrestling's picking up the next couple months, weeks, I'm sorry, well, weeks it's, even. Yeah, it's it's always an interesting, you know, obviously before uh, the the introduction of AEW, we kind of had a dull spring season, versus yeah. before when we were used to the three companies, that summer buildup was always legendary, because we always had like with SummerSlam, We'd have Fully Loaded. We'd have Hog Wild. We'd have Bastards the Beach. So the funner shows were always during the hotter weather, kind of reflective of, you know, the calendar year here in the U.S. Um, I think there's just so much happening in the summer between Hell in a Cell, which has become a mainstay for WWE, the 20th Slammiversary. I have literally seen every single 
one of them. No way. Yeah, I've seen every Slammiversary. The two, if nothing else, out of the Impact calendar, because, you know, I'm starting to get back into it because of my first appearance here on this show. Yeah. I I will try to catch the pay-per-views when I'm free. But no matter what, prior to, I will always watch Bound for Glory and Slammiversary. That's cool. Good for you. Yeah, I've seen them all, and I used to watch the weekly pay-per-views, their recap on uh, cable access TV, oddly enough, here in New York. Really? Uh, yeah, they used to be on – feel free to comment or tweet me at uh, ShinerC's underscore. It used to be TNA Explosion, and that used to come on channel either 56 or 57, New York cable access, might I add. Um, and that was the recap show of the weekly pay-per-views, and that was how I discovered uh, NWA TNA. That's cool. Yeah. So you've been watching every Slammiversary. You, you watch all 20 Slammiversaries. Uh, 19, I should say. Yeah, I've watched, I've watched all those. And I was watching those early impacts going back to Fox Sports Network. So I, I've, I've definitely watched the first five years, like, catalog. Do you have a favorite moment in the Impact TNA history? <sighs> My favorite moment in the Impact TNA history. I should say I era, do. not moment specifically, but like era, time span. Oh, yeah. Uh, my favorite era is pre-Hogan. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Hogan. There's a lot of great matches during the Hogan era, but because Hogan got there, they're overshadowed, yeah. which is, you know, how wrestling fans work. But without question, that that 2006 to 2008 run of TNA Impact was truly, truly stellar. Yeah. And that roster, and my too. Favorite, yeah, the roster, too. Unbelievable. And look at where they all are now. So, yeah. I mean, proof's in the pudding. But my favorite one uh, of all time, some would argue it, but the Sting and Jarrett was that, if that's Bound for Glory 06, I think it is Sting and Jarrett in the main with Angle as the ref. Okay. Where, you know, that was a great storyline and build. That was the first time that Sting had reinvented himself since the whole Crow thing. Mm-hmm. So that that's the one for me. Is that, that Joker's thing? Huh? Is that the Joker's thing? No, this is like, I would consider that to be like hybrid Sting, okay? Because he was wearing the the red the pants that Sting wears, right, with those puffs in the front. Yeah. But they were red, and then he was doing the black and white crow paint with the red trim. Oh, interesting. Okay. And he would have, um, and it's funny. I was the only one of my friends when we bought the DVD that knew that it wasn't a new coat. That's <laughs> the coat from Clash of Champions. Oh wow! Check you out. Yeah, that coat is the coat from the forty-five minute draw with Flair. Damn. And he came out with that at Impact and was like, Whoa, you look so great, that coat. And I was like, Yeah, the coat's kind of 20 years old. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so that's the one. That's that's a really good one. If you've never seen it, if you have Impact Plus, that show top to bottom, awesome. I heard a lot of good things about Impact TNA back in the day. Of course, the roster stacked. I came across them one time randomly on Fox Sports Net, like you said. Six Sides yeah. of Ring. I'm like, what is it? My father broke me in. I'm like, what, who is this? Because he was a big Jeff Jarrett fan. So, oh, Jeff Jarrett's in the ring. Who is what? What? What is this? I'm like, oh, I don't know what this is. I started watching it for a little bit. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. But I fell into the fold of shitting on TNA, much like a lot of people did. Didn't give him a chance to give him a look, and then I fell back in into it a couple of years ago. But what they're yeah. doing now is they're replaying old pay per views before Impact on Thursdays, and that's why I yeah, started watching yeah. again. I'm like, oh shit, how much I missed? This, this, actually, this is a good uh, company. They're actually also on their YouTube. I think Tuesday and Thursday for Throwback Tuesday, Throwback Thursday. Really? They give away an old pay-per-view on their YouTube. Oh, wow. Gotta check it out. I think they just put up Sacrifice 06 or 07, and I watched that this week. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. 
Well, and uh, if you never saw like Abyss's first run, if you never saw the first major AJ run, yeah, all good stuff. AJ runs was sick. Yeah, yeah, he literally was like, he was literally Spider Man at one point. Yeah, he was literally Spider Man at one point in the ring. But there's a lot going on. I mean, not for nothing, we have going back to NWATNA. We have the NWA pay per view coming up with Zack Ryder, who's still the NWA champion. Mm-hmm. The pay per view is named Always Ready, which is one of his main. Uh, Catchphrase, oh, wow. Matt Cardona, part of me, who to me is still the king of the Indies, right? Has to be, hands down. He was my indie breakout star last year because, and it's, I felt weird doing that because he's not an indie guy technically, but he's putting the focus on the indie scene right now. It's amazing what he's doing right now. He's revolutionizing the business. He really, really has, and he's shown you the proper way that there is life after you've been on on a major company. Because now you have to say, you know, you can't just say life after WWE. Life after you've been on a major company for so many years. Yeah. Looking forward to what he does with the NWA. He's like seven titles now. It's amazing what he's doing. I think, I think he's got seven or or six because he lost one to Mike Ristretta, who's also a great talent. Oh yeah, uh, he dropped that NWC one to to him on on one of their uh, like two three weeks ago. He did that. Yeah, re- recent. Which the fans rioted. The fans actually started throwing bottles at Mastretta, which is what happened to uh, Cardona when he beat Nick Gage. So I thought that was great. Yeah, I saw that too. I was like, I thought this was weird dynamic. Like, are they throwing at him? Are they throwing at the new guy? I was I was confused for a second, but they're throwing at the, yeah. that other guy. That means he's doing something right. Yeah, that was that was the coolest thing. And uh, he's like, some say parroting, you know, paying homage, whatever you want to go with. Like him coming out the last NWA pay per view with the Rick Rude inspired uh, Matt Cardona robe was like the coolest yes, thing. That was cool. And how he's like just auxiliaring, you know, Swaggle and Hawkins into it. Uh, it's it's been great. Now before we want to what's current. Let's, let's go back to the past a little bit, a couple months. You, my friend, did a live stream of WrestleMania, calling commentary for yourself. You're doing it solo. I checked it out. Great job. What made you start doing Thank those? You. What made you start doing those? Because it's not easy doing it by yourself. So it's it's funny. I started doing those because of COVID, the pandemic. Really? Okay. I I was missing wrestling shows and all these things so much that I you know. We're still getting to know each other, but but you know that I, I really love commentary. Yeah. I love calling matches. I love storytelling. And like wrestlers, I was robbed of that. So I wanted to make sure that I was ready to come back and I was getting workouts in, if you will. Um, and that's how I started it. I said, you know, this is how I started as a kid. I called matches, you know, in my living room with my action figures mm-hmm. over the shows. So I was like, I can do this, you know? So... It was cool. It was cool. And then, you know, the great the great thing about it is I only did WrestleMania. And then a year later, there was like this, I don't want to say demand, but more like 30 something people were like, oh, are you going live again for for WrestleMania? And I was like, I wasn't thinking about it. So all those shows, including Elimination Chamber, which you and Mark were yeah. were so kind to do with me. Congratulations to uh, to Mark Cohen, who just had a new baby. Um, we don't we don't see his name around these parts anymore. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. I know. Tell me a lie. Yeah. you won't. That's right. Um. So yeah. Uh. Future endeavor boy. But yeah. So I wanted to like just build up, and then I got to Mania, and and I was really thrilled. It's the first time in a while that I've I've I felt comfortable in my performance, and I and I thought Mania was a great show, and I'm I was just glad to do something with it. Well, those two nights you picked the best night to do it, by the way, because I think night one was the best night. You did a great job. Yeah, thank you. I think night one was the night that, on paper, everybody slept on. 
Yes. And and I just knew I probably should have done both nights, but I felt like you know, Enjoy yeah, one night. you know, you know, Putty. I, I got I got love for wrestling, and I've done I have literally called shows that have had eighteen matches. Oh, I have. Oh. I have. Wow. I have. Nobody knows that, but the original. Uh, indie mania shows that that ace used to do where multiple companies would come together some of them were 18 matches some of them were 15 in one night and yeah sure you're talking about indie stuff some of them are five some of them are 12 some of them are 20 but like wrestlemania is a different animal because you are talking five hours straight yes you're talking five hours straight and you know it's yeah it was it was different it was a gut check and as usual in typical cheyenne fashion i did it on an empty stomach so for that alone (laughs) Wow. You know, you know, for that alone, I, I, I think I did all right. You're more than all right, my friend. You did a great job. Thank you, sir. But enough about the past. Let's get into what's current going on. Let's find out what's trending this week. Of course, the big news story was Sasha Banks and Naomi walking out of Raw. Sean Ross Sapp at Sean Ross Sapp said, We confirmed with our sources at Raw that Sasha Banks and Naomi did actually leave tonight. We got a lot more details coming, and boy, did those details come. Jason Solomon at Solomonster said, per PW Insider, Raw's main event was changed mid-show when Sasha Banks walked out over creative differences with Vince McMahon. She wanted changes made and he wouldn't budge, so she left the building. Naomi left with her. Female locker room, female L room, the latest update per Fightful, Naomi was going to pin Nikki, not Sasha. Nobody heard they felt unsafe until the statement was released. Sasha and Naomi were angling to work Dewdrop and Nikki. Their grievances with booking of the tag team division, not anyone in the match itself. Steve Carrier at Steve underscore Carrier. We've asked around of the current Sasha Banks-Naomi situation. The general feeling is that Banks has far more heat than Naomi. In fact, we are told that Naomi is still very popular backstage and many people feel like Naomi was manipulated into Sasha walking out. And of course, we all know what W statement released, pulling the curtain back. Both women had eight hours to rehearse. To construct their match, many people felt insulted that they broke "quote unquote" kayfabe on that. But Mr. Ortiz, what are your thoughts on the Sasha Banks Naomi situation? And then apparently, someone who either is friends with, I believe Naomi, or works in the back under a dummy Twitter, was also giving the details. Right? Okay. That was another Twitter account that we had. Did you see that? Where it was, oh, you go to see your boss, you do this, you do that. Right? That whole breakdown, which was like a dozen tweets long. Yeah. Uh, you know. Was this, un- was this unprofessional or was it the right move? Or was okay, it two women standing up for themselves? I'm a weird cat, right? Because, and I've said this to wrestlers and I've had conversations, debates, and arguments about it. Yes, wrestlers are independent contractors. Yes, but ultimately you work for a company. And even those that have walked out after the fact have concluded their marching orders mm-hmm. and then gone a different way. Was it unprofessional? If they came to an agreement, which is what it sounds like, and then after the fact they went into Johnny Ace's locker room, dropped the belt, and walked out, yeah, unprofessional. If if they were misled or told one thing and not the other, which has not come out yet, then that's a different argument altogether. Um, me personally, I would have done the job. I think most people would have, yeah. I, I, I would have done the job. Now, I am not of the school of belief of, oh, uh, we've heard these stories about so-and-so before. There's a history. There's a pattern. At the end of the day, I don't work there. Yet. At the end of the day, hopefully someday, at the end of the day, as as reputable as Uncle Dave is, 
He's also got a couple strikes in them home run listings. Just a couple, yes. Yeah, yeah. so do, do I think that this story happened? 100%. I don't think it's a work. Do I think that it was unprofessional? Yes, I do. Now, I see it from the creative side of we're two singles wrestlers that you make shifted into a tag team for your pseudo women's tag division. Mm-hmm. Mind you, they got over and they made it work. Big time, yeah. Now, here's the thing. If it would have been, who was going over again? Naomi? Naomi's going to win that and going against Bianca Belair at Hell in a Cell. By pinning Sasha, right? Uh, Nikki. Okay. So, if the, it would have been. Depending on you believe, yeah. Yeah, because I, I think at one point it was, why are they pinning each other? At one point it was Sasha going, doing, doing the job. Which to me yeah. it's like, well, to me it's like, well, you can get a great secondary feud out of that. Yeah. Because ultimately... You won the belt at Mania. Sure, you haven't done much since. I'm not going to sit here and deny that. But you can get this great secondary women's feud underneath possibly Ronda and Bianca. You know, and you can light a fire under their ass. But the concept of, I would have liked to have seen Naomi versus Belair and Sasha and Ronda one-on-one. See, I would have loved to have seen that. I think a lot of people would have. So the idea of, if they weren't pinning each other, okay, yeah, they're a team. Hey, listen, no no disrespect. I got to do what I got to do. Well, tonight I got to do what I got to do. So I'm going to get a title shot and we're going to come out with two belts each. Exactly, yeah. Like that type of, there's all different ways you could have spun it. But I don't know. I don't think it's a work. I'll say that. Do I think it was unprofessional? Yes, because ultimately the job is to get the match in the ring. You don't think it's a work, but we, we asked our Instagram followers, do you, do they think it's a work? Ooh, At- what'd they say? At Trent Shape, of course it's a work. At Zia Wayhab, they're just trying to set the narrative. At Cruiser Schultz, WWE actually posted this. Wow. We know it's a work, but the flat out say they had eight hours to rehearse. It's just sad. All these wrestlers have spent years protecting this business. You just shit on it for a petty employee spat. You're taking that, those comments. Yeah, but I, I hate to say this, and I said this as a kid. You can't give me the whole protect the business thing because, guys, Beyond the Mat is on Netflix. Mm, you can't tell me that. Who protects the business besides MJF right now, bro? Good point. Like, I, I and I get it, and I wish there was more. I'm I'm just like Steve Austin, even though I'm also drinking his Broken Skull Lager right now. Just because K-Fabe's dead don't mean you got to piss on it, pal. What? Exactly. <laughs> so I don't, I, I get it, but the whole, all oh, these guys protect the business. Come on, this these are the same people that, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, that they make statements because they get harassed by fans. 30 years ago in rock and wrestling, Vince would reprimand you if you didn't greet fans at an airport. Mm, true. So, like, you can't, which I get it, because if I'm getting off a plane at 5 o'clock in the morning, I don't want to be swarmed with with, with autographs oh, neither. Of course I, not. You know, I want to get where I got to get going and maybe get some sleep. I, I totally was, get that. I think it was such a bench that said, don't, don't greet me at the airport at 6 a.m. I think she was the first one. Yeah, I, mean, I don't blame her. Because I've seen her, I think, uh, not Naomi, one of the, I think Liv made a statement. I think Zelina. Mm. I think Zelina Mostly did, the yeah. girls, but a lot of people. And it's true. It was one of those things that wrestlers ate for many years. Even on the indies, I went to, uh, not the one in March, last November, big event convention in Queens. Oh, yeah, okay. There were people that literally waited until the convention was over, and I saw them get at least two, $300 worth of autographs. Wow. For free, because they waited to the parking lot. And, you know, here's me and my buddies. We just ended up working this event and visiting. And we're like, you're taking money out of these guys' pockets. 
So that's a separate conversation. But going to this whole concept of it being a, I, I definitely don't think it's a work. Ultimately, now I got to flip it. I don't think anybody's to blame because Naomi walked out all the same. Yeah, hands down. No one, no, manipulated anyone's... or not, manipulated or not. Oh, if I stay, what's going to happen to the belt and me as a team? Manipulated or not, you made a decision all the same. That's my take on it. Where where are you with this? Where am I with this? I don't. I'm not too sure. It's like I have an eight ounce glass and I fill it with four ounces of water. Is it half full right. or is it half empty? I get what they're saying. How the mistreatment of the women's tag team division. Yeah, but that's been misused for since it was debuted. Yeah, they've done nothing with it. But like you said, do the job because you're getting singles championship matches at big major events. That's going to put more eyes on you, which. You can catapult into putting more eyes in the women's tag team division. Someone right. report, I think someone reported, I'm not sure it was uh, one of the two controversial figures. It's Vince Russo or Jim Cornette. They're saying there's no heat backstage. No one backstage can sympathize because you're getting main event opportunities here. Why would you walk away? Right. Right. So I can see it's six of one, half dozen of the other. Um, they should have done the job themselves. But again, I, I'm not backstage. Like you said, I can't. And, really I, and I, I, what I will say is like the temperature there. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is, like, Sasha Banks has gotten maybe not as much as Charlotte Flair, obviously not as much as Becky in the last three years, but Sasha Banks has also had her fair share of, like, WWE top-tier moments as well. Mm -hmm. And Naomi's had a couple, but not in the same ballpark as Sasha Banks. So this would have been something to elevate and rejuvenate the two of them, I feel. And to your point... You know, who was the only real women's tag team when they introduced these belts, the Iconics? Yeah. And, you know, if if I'm a women's wrestler and I'm struggling on the roster, I either want to be a tag team and try to get out and, and get over in that realm because it's such a niche. Or if I'm in the Indies, I want to be with another chick and be like, hey, you want to make a tag team? And if we get over, we'll kind of just get there. And if they split us up, we'll deal with that when we get there, you know, because it's such a niche thing. Yep. So I... I agree. I, I, if that is the case, that there's no sympathy in the back because they walked away from main event opportunities, that I can believe. And tonight, we're crowning the show Friday. Tonight, they announced both Sasha Banks and Naomi are suspended indefinitely. Yes. They will now start a tournament to crown new women's tag team champions. When I heard this, I'm like, all right, so it's going to be Dewdrop, Nikki A.S.H., Natalia, Shannon Baszler, and, and I can't think of any other tag team in the division. Yeah, I mean... You got to believe that the the balance is going to be the the remain the remaining women as makeshifts, right? Yeah. Because now you also don't have Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan anymore. Nope. And I I don't know are Zelina and Carmella still a team? Last time we checked, they broke up. Now right. now so, Carmella seems to be injected into this twenty four seven saga. Yes, yes. So you know it's it's kind of an all bets are off type thing in terms of who's going to be in this tournament and tournaments tournaments are better when you draw them out. So if it's a thing where you only have four teams, yeah, sure. You make it just in time for hell in a cell, but it's kind of like, eh. you know, you kind of, I, they're skipping. I also saw they're skipping June, right? There's no, there, or there's no July. They're skipping. No, they're skipping August, right? Yeah. I think they're skipping August. Cause I think the August, September is going to, they're going to pay-per-view in United Kingdom. That's in Wales. Yeah. I, yeah, there's a couple of months, and there's no December pay per view, by the way. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, there, yeah, because I was checking for that because that conversation brings me back to then obviously the conclusion of this is either going to be on free television or Hell in a Cell, which hey, like not for nothing, if you have the right four girls, 
Put him in the main at Hell in a Cell. And why not? Put put a focus on it, yeah. Yeah, why not? Put WWE, you can say whatever you want between all the companies that, that exist, but WWE are masters of Hyper Bowl. So, you know, with the right with the right amount of promotion, those four girls can easily main event that show all the same and and get brought to another level just because they were in the main event. This isn't the first time Sasha Banks walked away. Reports are she walked away after WrestleMania 35. Later yes. on, it came out that she actually didn't walk away because creative. It was more mental health. She needed a break, which we can all understand. Is that the story? Is that's the the, the infamous rumor and innuendo story where she was like having a tantrum? Right? It was Her, that. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that, was, that all... was the rumor. But on Austin's show, she said it was mental health. Yeah, she needed she needed a break. She was burnt out. Which, you know what? Not for nothing. I can understand. But she came back. Do you see them coming back from this? Especially the way they're burying them on commentary. I, I personally think. Can they come back from this? Yes, because ultimately... Of course they can, but will is. they? Everybody comes back. Okay. Like, look at... You. Cody is the best example. True. Yeah, sure. Oh, he went somewhere else. He became something elsewhere, yada, yada, yada. There's tons of other examples of people that sat on... Hey, Sasha took a mental health break and she came back and had her best run. Yeah. Came back, had her best run, and put Bianca Belair over. So... Yeah, I think they can come back 100% sure. When it's going to be, I don't know. But I do know that their contracts are set to expire. So, and they don't have the injury options like they did with Jeff Hardy where Mm -hmm. they can make them sit out for another year. Having said that, do I think they will? Yes. When? Don't know. We will stay tuned for this. Moving on. Stephanie McMahon announced via Twitter at Stephanie McMahon, as of tomorrow, I am taking a leave of absence from the majority of my responsibilities at WWE. WWE is a lifelong legacy for me, and I look forward to returning to the company that I love after taking this time to focus on my family. El Plethora at El Plethora said, Nick Khan getting rid of Triple H, Shane, Stephanie in a span of eight months is some legit shit. In Keem We Trust at Keem Wins Again, Nick Khan won. When I say won, he quote retweets Brandon Thurston saying, Nick Khan will take over most of Stephanie McMahon's responsibilities in her absence. According to multiple people at WWE, select business partners have already been informed. Is this a huge loss for WWE? And what do you think is going on? Why is she leaving? Because now Triple H is back. Why do you think she's leaving at this point? So is it a huge loss on the day-to-day? Yes. I don't ever think. I think Stephanie on, again, you know, maybe I I can't say this because it happened in 2008 with Shane. I don't see Stephanie leaving. No, neither do I, yeah. I'm surprised, but I don't see Stephanie leaving. I don't see Stephanie in the situation of uh, getting frustrated and leaving like Shane did because, again, I don't work there. I don't know the family, but Stephanie got all the things that we thought Shane was going to get. Mm-hmm. So I personally am under the belief of because a lot of people that work at WWE, contrary to what fans and internet be- believe, a lot of people love and adore Stephanie. And she's a huge inspiration to the women's division. Uh, the women's division were completely cascading Twitter with nothing but positive vibes today. Yes. Or rather the day that it was announced. It is a huge loss for the day-to-day operations because when it comes to the business acumen of WWE, Steph gets it. Yeah. How many awards has she won for work, by the way? She wins. Dude, she wins one award every year. That's what I'm saying. Like every year, she seems to, her name seems to be in the, the trades for Winning yeah. this award, and, this award, or this and award. She, and at first, she was the one getting the awards for the company. Now yeah. she's winning individual awards as a businesswoman. Yeah. So she's carving that niche. So, yeah, on the day-to-day, I think so. But now I got to flip it. Triple H is back, right? Yeah. So it's like, 
hey, think about everything she just dealt with in the last year plus. Mm, true. Right? You know, and now, you know, maybe she's the one that kind of needs to unwind, take a break. Because ultimately, on top of being a businesswoman, she's a mom. So, you know, she was playing Superwoman these past these past few months dealing with her husband's issues. So maybe she's the one that's like, hey, I need a break. I don't think she's ever going to go anywhere. But I was definitely shocked. I didn't see it coming. I know a lot of people that retweeted it um, posted. They were using the term uh, that she was stepping down. And I'm like, no way. And sure enough, it's a leave of absence. How long it'll be, I don't know. I do know if I had to guess, probably only the family knew. I'm sure Nick Khan knew. Yeah, I think most people knew. It wasn't surprised with the powers that be. Yeah. And props to them for alerting the uh, their partners because that would have been a big blow because she's heavily involved but, in many aspects. We can, we can sit here and theorize about Triple H all we want. I, I'm willing to go as far as saying that this was, in fact, an individual's decision by Stephanie. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go with the whole Nick Khan is, is you know, taking over the world theory on this one. Although... Although hard to argue that because you know Vince started this company from the, with his wife from the ground up, of course taking it from his from his father, got his son involved, got his daughter involved. At one point, all four of them were involved. Now it's just you. It's got to be some disheartening, no? Well, look at the individual stories too, because Shane also left because he was frustrated. He said it on the Stone Cold Show. I felt like I had to go somewhere else to prove my worth. I had to be away. I didn't want to go but yet I was successful outside of it. Linda, ultimately, the reason Linda doesn't have a job there is because of the conflict of politics. Yeah. And even if she has no interest in running again or working with you know Donald Trump or all these things, the company gets that perception. So, you know, she's never, she's probably never going to go back to working in Connecticut again. No. You know, what she does on the day-to-day, I don't know. Um, in terms of Stephanie... Jim Cornette made a statement that I don't want to say I agree with. He said, I think the difference between Shane and Stephanie, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, the difference between Shane and Stephanie was that Stephanie got the wrestling part and Shane didn't. Mm. And at first I didn't want to believe that. But then his next statement was, I remember being in Connecticut and Shane was always doing something. You know, Shane was always doing this, doing that, doing that, doing this, instead of focusing on one thing which is kind of what Stephanie did. So that was the one that made me, oh, son of a bitch, you know, <laughs> type of type of thinking. And again, I I wasn't there. This is all just with the knowledge that, that is out there for us. So yes, and then Triple H married into the family. I'm even going to willing, I'm willing to go as far as like maybe Triple H would have gotten as far without marrying in. Because take a look at like where Sean is. Take a look at like where Road Dog and Regal and those guys are. Sure, they're bad examples because they're not with the company, but just yeah. think about that. There, there's longevity and growth within the office that, sure, he might not have been executive CEO, yada, 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 but he would have made it. He loved behind the curtain just as much as stepping through it. Yes. So he was a different cat than all of his peers. And even for Sean, like it took Triple H bringing Sean as a teacher for Sean to realize how much he loved the role that he's in now. And Sean was, in fact, running NXT UK. Then when Triple H got sick, Sean was running NXT. So, you know, I, I think that's also... Plus, think about, like, the Triple H era. That was a dated knowledge. None of the boys made it as far as he did. He's the first one. And then now, to be fair, he also got his boys in those same positions. Billy Gunn, Road Dog, Michaels, uh, Regal, 
Matt Bloom, all those guys. He cultivated this awesome team. And, you know, say what you will, it's kind of sort of the only one that kind of went as far as Triple H is Cody. Yeah. Sure, he did it elsewhere. Sure, there's conflicting reports about what his job was. But, again, that's something that, at that time, the longevity of Triple H behind the curtain wasn't a thing. That's why guys shitted on it. Triple H created that. Cody was like, oh, I can do that too and be on TV. Cody did that. And I don't know. I do think he would have been successful had he not married into the family. Sure, I do. He has a great mind for this business. I don't think he got that mind from marrying Stephanie McMahon. Right. So I think he would have been where he's at with or without the ring on his finger. And he was already in meetings and contributing, you know, after Sean left and before the wedding. He was in the meeting with the uh, Montreal Screwjob. He was in the back. You know, he's the one that said, uh, what was it? Fuck him. If he doesn't do business, we'll do it for him. Yes. You know, so he, his, his fingerprints were in a lot of stuff. And now Freddie Prince Jr. is kind of revealing while he was still, you know, a full-time talent, all the stuff he was involved in. So, you know, sure, it was post-marriage, but you're not going to tell me in 2008 you saw Triple H running the company while he was still bumping, you know, every night. So, yeah, I, I, I disagree. But, you know, definitely a very, very shocking news point. I can't say how long I think it is because as an individual, you don't know how long of a time you need to go through whatever it is you need to go through. Hope she comes back soon. The company definitely need her. So, 100%. But good for her for taking the stand and like, I'm going to take some time to be with my family. I think 20, yeah. 20, 20, maybe 30 years ago, women would be, maybe I shouldn't do that. But in this yeah. day and age, I think women are more comfortable like, oh, I need time for my, me and my family. So good for her. And she's in a position to say that. Hell yeah. Forget about her last name. If you take the last name aside, what she's done for the company, she's 100% in a position to, to make that statement. That's all that's trending. Let's get some TV takedown this week. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. All right, Cheyenne, it's time for some TV Takedown this week. Well, if we're going to do TV Takedown, you know, we got to talk about Cody versus Rollins 3. Please, I'm waiting all week to talk about this. Now, there's a lot of layers to cover here. First of all, it's the old school third match blow off, the three, the three match feud, and the third one is a gimmick match. Cody's first Hell in a Cell match, am I right? I want to say yes. I don't think Cody has many proving grounds in other match types in WWE. Let's not elude the fact that he's been in a few Money in the Bank matches, a few ladder matches, and he's known to do the moonsault off the cage prior to the AEW spot, I want to point out. Mm-hmm. So he kind of hasn't carved his niche in the WWE in a marquee stipulation match. This is his opportunity, whereas now we're depicting Seth Rollins as the veteran in the cell by comparison, which is obviously statistically the truth, but, you know, it's very interesting considering all Cody's done since his absence. And what a great promo that was leading to this great match. Um, usually when you have a third match, though, isn't it historically one and one? Cody has 2-0 and over this guy. Yeah, historically, to my knowledge, the first time I ever saw a three-match sweep, it was Triple H Batista. Oh, okay. That was the first time I ever saw the three-match sweep. But, yeah, statistically, it's been one-and-one one or, like, you know, the hokey finish in the middle at the second and then a decisive one. But no matter what the third one was back in the day, you know, the cage. The cage was where the rivalry came to a head. It was the ultimate showcase of brutality. 
because cage matches were completely gruesome back in the day. Yeah. Now we have the advent of Hell in a Cell and many, many matches to, you know, completely capsulate um, a rivalry. Having said that, this is going to be a different animal for all these guys because it's a much more embroiled feud. It's a, it's the third one. You know, it's going to be the last one. If they ever work again, it's going to be on free TV. I'm excited for it. It's Cody's first gimmick match back as a single star. We're not going to get a high risk moonsault as we know, because Cody has gone on record saying that ever since he did the one against uh, Wardlow, that he would never do it again. Mm. But it does make me wonder what it is that he will do. It's got to be some spot, yeah. Because you got to believe he's he's got to do something, and he's done the moonsault in all his matches. Speaking of how great Cody is, let's let's give some props to Seth Rollins. He just mentioned he's a veteran inside the cage. One of my favorite matches last year, my match of the year at our award show, was Seth Rollins' edge inside Hell in a Cell. Yeah, that's a good one. So we know he can go. The story's there. These guys can go. I'm looking forward to this. This might be my match of the year again this year. It just yeah, um, I've and never been so excited for a match in recent last couple months. After that emotional thrill ride that was the the kickoff match at Mania and the great great rematch at Backlash, this will not be disappointing. I want to co-sign your statement. Rollins, Owens, and Sami Zayn are and AJ Styles. Those are the four guys in WWE that they literally cannot do anything bad. True. Yeah. Nothing. But I'm looking forward to it. And uh, what what else you got on the TV takedown list? The Jericho Regal face off on AEW. Some harsh lines there. I mean, but other than, it worked. It worked. Mentioning Mox's rehab stint, real got in a couple of good lines too. But the way John Moxie brushed off, I'm not doing stadium. I'm not doing stadium stampede, which is great because you can't do stadium stampede with fans. It worked yeah. with no fans. You can't do that now with fans in the crowd unless you put them in the stadium, which you can't do. Totally. I thought that segment really worked for both sides. It was a great build up to this pay per view. Now here's my thing. Um, I actually caught only half of the segment because I was at work. Did they announce the, the stipulation since they brushed off Stadium Stampede? No, not yet. So here's my counter to that. With all these rumors about Warner cracking down on some of the violence in AEW, do you think we'll get blood and guts? Uh, eventually, but not this time around. I think it's too soon. Not yet. You got to build up to that. And I don't I don't think it's going to be this match. I think maybe the next match. Well, I'm very, very interested to see what this match will be. So you're telling me you think this is there's one more after this? Because I think this is the end. Do you? Okay. I mean, I wouldn't. I do. I wouldn't be against I mean, it's that. Been very, it's been pretty drawn out. And it's, it started as the amiibo of it was Kingston and Jericho. And now it is webbed into this complete cavalcade of characters. Yeah. I, I don't see you getting a second multi-man match out of this. I wouldn't be opposed to that either. I'm just saying it felt like, because usually what you do, wrestling one-on-one, match, 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 story of threes. So if you don't yeah. get one, no, I'll be okay with that too. I'm, if, just, I'm if, looking if forward to this match. If we got a second match. one, great. I'm just not seeing it, but I'm, I'll be satisfied either way. And speaking of TV takedown, let's let's talk about the one that's hot off the presses. We got new tag team champions. You do. We Unbelievable. Do. We got new tag team champions. Your thoughts? I am, I tell you, I, I, I watched tonight, and I didn't think that RK Bro and the Usos could possibly top the Survivor Series match, but okay. tonight was was a true, true, true great tag team wrestling match and it was long-term storytelling because to me while the usos now have all the gold the same way that roman does i'm really excited to see riddle versus roman yeah that should be good that should be good one-on-one and then it gets us to orton and roman presumably at SummerSlam. so 
the way they were building the bloodline, if this match was going to quote unquote clean finish with a decisive winner, a lot of people were re- online right. were reading like it might be DQ or false finish. The Usos are going to win. You have to maintain their storyline with Roman Reigns. But going back to something I talk about all the time, predictability, yes, but enjoyable. This match was a great match, thoroughly enjoyable from Bella Bell. And props to the Usos, man. Usos have both go all the quote unquote gold with Roman Reigns. Is they can now be on both shows. It's it's. I'm mean, curious how this going to play out. Do they unify them? I think when Roman won both belts, last time I checked, there's no really decisive how they're going to proceed with this. Does he defend both belts at right. once? Is one belt, one belt, yeah. one belt per show? So now I'm curious how the tag team division is going to follow through because Raw's done a great job with their tag team division. Building it up, RK-Bro, Street Profits, the Alpha Academy. Alpha Smackdown, Academy, yeah. Smackdown, not so much. I can't really think of a tag team outside the Viking Raiders. I don't want to say the Viking Raiders because I saw the Smackdown Chiron on NXT. Yeah, SmackDown's tag team division is kind of lackluster, but on Roller and Raw, they're doing a good job. So I'm curious how the tag team division is going to play out now going forward with this unified championship. Yeah, that's true. I brought that up the night of WrestleMania that they really didn't explain going forward. Obviously, that might have been a little too soon, but not since they haven't explained what the defenses will be. I actually thought that maybe at one point they'll do it like TNA where they'll back Roman in a corner and he has to defend both of them in the same night. Same thing they did with Rollins a few years back. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, that I find interesting, uh, there's reports that Roman is not, not going to be on the Hell in a Cell show. So is the rematch between RK-Bro and the Usos the main? I would assume so, yeah. Right? And then I guess they'd go in the Cell, the four of them? That would be good, yeah. Right? That'd be, that'd be different. Yeah, sure, you're seeing the match for the fourth or fifth time, but they've delivered every time, and now you're talking about the Cell. Usos and New Day had a classic Hell in a Cell match. Ray Norton has several Hell in a Cell matches, so that match should be good. Hasn't been yeah. announced yet, but that logistically seems the next logical step. Yeah, 100%. I I, I really, really think so. Um, we also saw the next arch in the storylines for Gunther and for Raquel Gonzalez uh, this week on SmackDown. And speaking of TV takedowns, I got a couple takes for you Go going for back to Impact. While the future of the Good Brothers is uncertain in Impact, we have just found out earlier today that well, excuse me. Well, yeah, earlier today, because it came out late last night after midnight, that the new the Good Brothers are going to be appearing on a New Japan show. Big deal. I heard about that. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? Because the Bullet Club seems to be getting stronger again, seems to be getting another revival, and could possibly become the force that it was pre-AEW. I can't really offer too much because I'm not big. don't know too much about the Bullet Club in New Japan because I haven't really followed Japan l- lately. But this is... From what I read a couple months ago, this is the first time we're getting an incarnation of the Bullet Club here in the United States. Yeah. And it's what what incarnation it is. The Good Brothers, Jay White, Hikaleo. I think Hikaleo? Was the, no, the other guy. Phantasmo? Yeah, Phantasmo. And yeah. then... Uh, and the Gorillas, I think, are still in it. Chris Bay? I think yeah. the Gorillas gorilla got kicked out on a previous Impact pay-per-view. So I don't, I, yes, I think that was when Jay came in. Yeah, in the United States, they're not. I, mean, I don't know if they're out, still in, it in other countries, but this is the first time we're seeing the Bullet Club logo as a a legitimate faction here in the United States. So they bring that over to Japan and rebuild them, reestablish themselves as a faction. I'm excited to see where this can go, especially starting off an impact. I'm excited. Yeah. And then in terms of asterisks for, for the week for TV takedown, did you catch the headline? I'm blanking on, I, it just came to me now. So if I sound like a dunce, forgive me. The new fed started by the old, um, authors of pain over in Australia or whatever it is, uh, WSE. And they announced Jonathan coachman and, uh, uh, Matt Rainwald, aka in English for commentary. That was the Authors of Pain company. 
Yeah. The, oh, okay. Is it WSE? Because they're also labeling their company as sports entertainment. Yeah, I've heard that today, but I didn't know it was their company. So good for them. Like, I heard they were starting their own company like a couple months ago, if not that. And now there's, yeah. the, the ball's rolling pretty quickly. So good for them. Well, they announced today. Uh, I don't remember the MMA guy's name, so forgive me, guys. But he's in the main event of their first show against uh, the Monster Sure, a.k.a. Braun Strowman. Wow. Big things popping. Little things stopping, huh? Yeah, so, like, if say what you will, but you got money in that main event, and the rest should follow. They announced uh, Dirty Dango, a.k.a. Uh, Fandango. They announced um, C.J. Perry, a.k.a. Lana. Uh, the authors of Painter involved Paul Ellering will return as their manager for the first time nice. in what feels like forever. Yeah. Um, lots and lots of talent coming to that upcoming Fed. I wish them the best. Me too. It yeah. sounds like they got, I'm excited. got a lot of pieces in place, so I'm excited to see what their future holds for them. Yeah, lots and lots of things going on. So I'm I'm excited. I like we talked about at the top of this program. It's going to be a hot season for wrestling. Now, quickly before we move on, I got to mention something. My former co-host will probably give me shit for. I'm a big L.A. Knight fan. He was reintroduced tonight on SmackDown. Was as Max Dupree. Yeah. He has Dupree. His own, he has his own little faction of these male quote unquote models. Yeah, ma- the male model management was that it. Max Max's modeling. Male model, yeah, something like three M's. It was, all, but it was all M's, right? Yes, three M's. Yeah. Initial thoughts to this work. It was, it was good to see him. I was surprised. Yeah. I actually like the concept of it being like male models because it's different. Yeah. You know, it's different. You can say whatever you want, but it's different. Everybody comes in and says, "Client, uh, I represent. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm an agency. I'm this." So I thought it was different. You know, I thought that. Adam Pierce was like too defensive, almost combative. Yes. And then at the end when he realized, oh, I signed a contract, there's nothing you could do about it, he got like just just totally folded. <laughs> like it was just completely like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir. So yeah, there was that. In terms of the name, look, I do not, I'm not a fan. I don't know why they could have just kept him with his NXT name, or he could have been um Ellie Knight's a hot name. Or Max Knight. Um yeah. Even well, Max, though I'm not a fan of the name. Max Knight is two syllables. I, At least Max Dupree is still three syllables. He do that finger point thing. Yeah. Um, I, I'm i not a fan of the name, but I'm not going to lose sleep and spend 140 characters on Twitter ranting about it. Like my former co-host would, yes. Excited. At least he made a well, yeah. roster. I like the way he was introduced, saying, I'm here, I, I'm doing this, this, and this, with this, this, and this. And Adam Pierce like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Boom. Yeah. Bring it back to... Sonya Deville, like, all right, that's a nice little full circle moment there. I'm like, okay, good. We're now he's on RTV. Yeah. Now see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Who are his clients? I think one guy is Mace. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think there was two of them. I don't know the other guy offhand in dark matches, but let's see what happens. Yeah, one is one is Mace, which is uh, which is um, Dijakovic, right? Or is that no? That's the other guy. No, he he's T Bar. T Bar, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other oh shoot, what was his name? Um, Mace was the former Raw commentator. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to remember his, his name. Oh, I feel like such a jerk. Yeah, so do I. I don't remember his name either. Oh, yeah. So anyway, Mace McGee, you know, he's gonna be he's gonna be fine. Anything else for TV that struck a chord with you? The only other thing that well, you know, I guess it's it's worth noting. It's I guess in theory it'll be TV takedown a few months from now. Let's not discuss it because I know I got touched on a little bit. Are you going to order, view, or are you interested in the whole Flair's last match thing? Because tickets went on sale for it today, and they only – so 
so real quick to give you an idea before you answer that. Okay. They sold tickets today for StarCast for the convention, not for the Flair's last match event. But it's selling. You know, say what you will about if it should or shouldn't happen. But do you think that from a financial standpoint, you know, or is it something you're going to tune into whether you pay for it or not? I don't think so. Okay. I'm, I mean, maybe it depends on whose opponent is. Well, I think I think it's safe to say. Well, not even that. I mean, Rick, Rick um, mentioned it. I think on on this week's uh, Woo Nation show that it will be a six man match. Oh, really? Oh, then. Yeah, know. he confirmed. He confirmed because he addressed his health concerns, all these things. He he confirmed that it is a tag format for a reason. All right, good. I feel a lot better about that. Well, yeah, no, Still probably I mean, won't listen. Match. It's the train wreck you want to see, right? Uh, that's true, yeah. On paper. And, you know, we the only things we know about it is that we can confirm it's a tag match. And even though he there's a little bit of heat now between Conrad Thompson and Ricky Steamboat, Ricky Steamboat prematurely confirmed that he is not involved in any way at the match. Steamboat. Yes, because there was a rumor that it would be Flair and possibly FTR against the Rock and Roll Express and... Ricky Steamboat, which is considered by many as Rick Flair's opponent, Ricky yeah. Steamboat on a um, live feed for high spots for auctions said, "I'm not participating." Yeah, that, that came out like what two days ago. So that came out about two days ago. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. high spots does their signings uh, once a week, so that might have been Tuesday, and then that was the big headline Wednesday morning. So, you know, I, I hey, there's an audience for it. That's the furthest I'll go. On that note, Cheyenne, let's get in some go home thoughts. I would be remiss if I do not mention we are coming up with the anniversary of Owen Hart's passing, something I always bring up every year on the show at this time. Do you have a favorite Owen Hart moment? It's hard to pick one, but uh, I-, I can tell you, so my favorite my favorite Owen Hart moment would probably have to be the very, 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 very um, cliche Brett versus Owen at Mania 10. Not cliche at all. Watch- yeah, I, re- I remember watching that as a kid. When you watch something as a kid, sometimes you're not you're absorbing it, but you're not comprehending it, mm-hmm. right? It's like when you watch the movie as a kid, you have no idea why you're laughing, and then you watch it 20, 30 years later, and you realize you should not have been laughing, or this is still the greatest thing ever, yeah. right? So it's literally the definition of hindsight. I remember watching that as a kid, realizing that the match that Owen and Brett uh, put on was completely different than anything else I had seen beforehand. Yeah, amazing. Um, and and of course, like I remember watching Owen and Austin, thinking how great that match was as a kid. And then obviously, I'm not trying to, you know, because you got to watch what you say. Then Austin gets hurt, and all of that just totally goes overshadowed. Yeah, you don't remember it for being a good match. You remember it as a match where Austin gets hurt. Yep. Yeah. So for me, Brett and Owen at WrestleMania 10, and then. I take Owen Hart's death a little differently because as a kid, I'm born in 90. So like the first death is Andre's, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, then it's like Brian Pillman, who I really couldn't believe that because it's like he was just on my TV screen. What do you mean he's dead? Mm-hmm. Right? And when you're a wrestling fan, you're on my TV screen every week. That's a little differently than a soap opera, a movie, or this or that. I'm seeing you more than I see relatives in a way. Yep. With Owen, it was very different, and I, I don't think I've ever said this on a podcast before besides my old podcast, the Four Life Show that I used to have with, with Bosch. I met Owen three weeks before he died. No way. Yeah, I have. Um, when the room's done and you come over, I'll show it to you. 
because not many people have seen it. I, I have his autograph. Oh shit! Well, yeah. Uh, a lot of New York fans will remember this, um, and you might you might get tweets and messages about this. It was one of the first and last for years um, public signings that WWE did at the South Street Seaport. It was Owen Hart, Jeff Jarrett, Deborah, D'Lo Brown. Wow. Okay. And it was '99. It was a. It was about three weeks before. Was that on? Uh, is that Over the Edge? Yep. The name of the show. It's about three weeks before Over the Edge. He was, you know, right in the middle of the whole Owen and Blue Blazer thing. <laughs> and Owen was, in fact, the first. Well, those four, excuse me, were in fact the first um, WWE WWF wrestlers I ever met. Wow. Yeah, they were the first ones, and it was very, it was a very one-two-three thing. You couldn't get pictures. It was literally they were signing, mm-hmm. just banging them out, and uh, and I remember just so many people were there because it was free. Oh, um, yeah, of course. Well, just to be fair, WWE does tons of free signings, so I shouldn't even say it like that. But um, yeah, I have, I have, um, I have Owen's thing, and so like it's weird for me. Like you're a kid, and it's like, wow, you guys are real. You know, seeing them out of the box. Yes. And, uh, you know, I cherish that thing. I, I, I still have it. It's my first WWE autograph, obviously, on that, uh, you know, where they used to tell you it was the official canvas of the WWE, but it's actually just a shiny-ass 8x10 glossy. Yes. Um, I think that's why they stopped putting that, so that fans could stop thinking that it was a matte canvas. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so Owen, you know, I don't have the, the moment or the Polaroid that goes with that story. But the fact that in one instant, you know, I saw some larger than life superstars, including Owen Hart, who I'd seen, you know, everything, you know, obviously not the Japan and all the other stuff, but all the WWE stuff. And then, you know, three weeks later, you know, through a, a tragedy, he was taken from us. Wow. It's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. Um, but I'll tell you what, though, because I've been following it, obviously, um, it has been nice, despite whatever comments you may or may not want to make about Martha Hart. Um, I don't have that way about it. I do wish she she and WWE could make amends. Yeah, but it's been nice seeing her and, and, and the kids um, involved in wrestling. Get own Hart tournament, man. Bring him back. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it, it's nice. And, you know, I mean, according to many sources in WWE – WWE wanted to honor Owen on a regular basis after the fact, and it just came down to a lawsuit and Martha's wishes as to why it didn't happen. But hey, it's happening. Yeah, that's a different conversation for a different show. But yes, yeah. I mean, those WWE signings. My father on the year anniversary of his passing. I remember some good moments between me and him. One of them was Jeff Jarrett seeing Deborah and Deborah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As a kid, seeing Deborah in person, like wow. Yeah. Now, now I'm I'm gonna sound like a real dirtbag, and there's a reason. When you saw Deborah, yeah, and there's a reason. I'm gonna sound like a scumbag. What was she wearing? Deborah stuff. Uh, bla- was she a shiny blazer? I got a picture somewhere. I was able to take pictures. The whole the whole gimmick. Yeah, short skirt, blazer, low cut, tits out. Okay, now here's the thing, right? That's you branching tits out. Yeah. I didn't get that. What you get? They were in street clothes. Deborah had on. All right, she had the makeup. Yeah. She made her face up, and she had the blonde hair and everything. The hair was perfect. Bro, I'll never forget it. A giant, light green Ringer t-shirt. Really? I yeah, like that. a giant fucking, like the like the t-shirts that they give you in the Fruit of the Loom pajamas. Wow, okay. Yeah, it had to be, it had to be Jeff's or some guys, yeah. because even my dad had commented, 
mad. Like Deborah couldn't wear something that matches the, you know, like he even said, like she doesn't have to wear the suit, but she's completely covered up with the puppies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I remember, that's what I remember. The, and she was also the only one that didn't have sunglasses because it was, uh, it was the beginning of May, you know, it was starting to look good in New York at the old South street seaport. Yeah. D'Lo, Owen, Jeff, they all had sunglasses on, and she was there miserable with the sun right on her damn face. Damn. That sucks. Yeah, but she was there. That's why I had to ask, because um, I don't think I've ever said that part before of my story. But, yeah, Deborah's there in a big-ass, you know, oh, I'm going to sleep shirt. Was, <laughs> a, was a party disappointed? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was bad enough that I couldn't get pictures with him. Yeah. That's funny. You know, I couldn't get pictures with him, but <clears throat> I got the autograph, you know, and it's like you got the t-shirt and the panties outfit on, you know, like we're going to bed together, but I know you got, you know, whatever you got on underneath. So yeah, that was a, that was a bit of letdown for, for eight, nine year old Cheyenne, however old that was. I mean, to be fair, that'd be a letdown to you today. So it makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it's a letdown in general. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Ortiz, thank you for being here. Great time. No, thank you. Great show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for filling in. You, said, you mentioned earlier you had a busy schedule coming up. So what does the schedule look like for Mr. Ortiz coming up in the next couple weeks? This, you're going to miss this one, but I'm going to be doing commentary for NEW New Evolution Wrestling. I'll be there. Um, that's going to feature uh, Walter Diaz uh, challenging a member of Mr. Ruda's um, faction, whoever that may be. And we're also going to have Black G's defending the NEW World Heavyweight title against the former, in English, Matt Rainwalt is going to transpire at the Elks Lodge in Queens. And then I'm done for the month of May. You can catch me the first Friday of June doing ECPW Adrenaline. And then I unfortunately cannot announce my dates for June uh, because flyers haven't come out yet. So out of respect to the promotion, gotcha. promotion, I, I, I got to hold it. But I'll, you'll see me around in June. And where can people find and you on social media? You, you can always catch me at linktree.com slash Cheyenne the Voice. You can catch me for my YouTube, my Twitter, and all my other social media. Are you going live on a Hell in a Cell or any p- current play? Uh... I sadly I sadly won't be live for Hell in a Cell. As long as the pay-per-view is on a Saturday, I will gladly, gladly do it. I may be live for Double or Nothing. Okay. And I'll, I'll let you guys know. But I may be live for Double or Nothing. But as of right now, I can tell you I will be live for Money in the Bank. Saturday. Okay. Sounds good. Can't wait. Yeah. Thank you, man. But again, thank you for being here. Thank you for filling in. Door is always welcome anytime you want. Please hop on by. Thank you, sir. So far, Cheyenne, I have been your host at Mug J Putty. Until next week, Putty out. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody.